the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today's show is a guilty pleasure, (laughs) just as guilty as uh, you may have felt when you have watched the television show, Sex and the City, or went to see the movie. And today we're going to be putting Sex and the City on the couch and analyzing it, but really using it as a mirror to reflect you, whether you are a Carrie, a Samantha, a Miranda, or a Charlotte, or you're like the men who love them, (laughs) this show will uh, not only be about analyzing the characters, but really will show you about your dating patterns and and give you some insights. Um, My guest today is psychologist Dr. Diana Kirshner. She is the author of several relationship books, but her upcoming book is Love in 90 Days. So welcome to the show, Dr. Diana. Oh, thank you so much. This is such a wonderful, fun topic. Yes, I must say, and I, I know this um, reveals <laughs> reveals something about me, um, Sex and the City was my favorite television show. It's like sitting down, to, not that I watch, well, I watch television so I'm able to analyze it and talk about it in interviews and so on and write about it, but obviously um, I don't have tele- a lot of time to just sit and, and uh, on the couch, be a couch potato and watch television, but that was one show that I indulged in and uh, was really sad <laughs> when it went off the air. So the movie is like um, opening up a box of chocolates where you think you ate all of them <laughs> and you find there are a few left. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I tell you, I feel the same way. I mean, I, I know so many women feel that way in terms of this show and I, I think that there are two reasons why. One is the amazing support that the the four women show each other, which is just yes. so great. It's such a, a fabulous friendship, you know, and it's the kind of friendship we we want to have in our lives and we nurture in our lives. And the other thing is that the four women really represent four distinct kind of dating patterns or dating types, and so many of us can relate to them because they're they're real life dating patterns. Um, it's just incredible. Yes, and one of the things that always gives me a chuckle, I can't tell you how many men I have talked to about the show, I mean, before the movie, um, who would say something like um, that they can't believe, you know, oh, that show isn't any good because women really aren't like that. Mm. And, um, you know, that always gave me a chuckle because... Um, if men only knew, I think men, a lot of men, I'm not talking about all of you out there listening, but a lot of men don't want to believe that women 
you know, analyze men so much or strategize or critique or, um, you know, spend so much time <laughs> talking about men and and about love and about, I, I mean, I th- and, and, and primarily about sex. That's the thing that's threatening to the men in regard to this show, whether it's a television show or a movie. Have you found that? Yeah, I, I've seen that a lot. I think uh, it's very, very interesting. And you and you hear it with men who say, "Oh, I don't really want to see that movie." You know, they they can't relate to the movie, and um, and yet that's really what is going on. The women are, you know, hanging out together and and really analyzing as we like to do and talking about our feelings, which is what we love to do. And it's such a gift, I tell you. You know, being a woman, I think it's really, really a gift. Well, and talking about the size and position of men's private parts—that's <laughs> the other thing too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, I guess one could kind of speculate. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you probably have seen how in over in recent years, more and more, it seems that um, men are um, more sensitive, more threatened more uh, self-conscious about sex and about their body parts and about their performance. Yeah, well, especially because of the, you know, the baby boomer population uh, getting up there in years, you know, there's a lot of problems in terms of them getting up, so to speak. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And um, so there's a, I think there's a lot of anxiety about performance these days and, um, And you know. I, I guess, you know, one would maybe need to look at, um, how much uh, a, a television show, a television, television series like this, and, and now the movie, has contributed to this insecurity? Because, you know, the thing is, it's really come back to um, to hurt women in the end. I mean, we can chuckle about this, but <laughs> but there's a serious side to it mm-hmm. that I think men and women are not as sexually satisfied because. Um, because of men feeling more intimidated, you know, by women becoming stronger and more um, concerned because as they get older they might uh, be having medical problems that are interfering and so on and not getting help. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so, I mean, there's a psychological and a physical component to this, but really it winds up not only being unfortunate and unsatisfying for men, but also for the women who not only aren't being satisfied sexually, but also begin to question, well, am I not attractive enough? Is, is that why he doesn't want to have sex with me? When really, a lot of times, it's because the, men, the man has performance anxiety. Absolutely. Absolutely. That goes on so much of the time. So, so much of the time. I think that, uh, you know, we have to be sensitive to that and be validating to the guys um, you know, in terms of their manliness and attractiveness, uh, you know, when you get the attention off yourself and worrying about yourself, that's when you can really, you know, do better in your relationship. And, um, you know, focusing on your guy and, and really, you know, you know, uh, prizing him and telling him he's great and so forth, I think that really is key in terms of compensating for some of these issues we're seeing. The rise of feminism has, has really opened up a lot of power for women, and we're seeing the fruits of that now, the fruits, the flowering of that now. And, um, you know, I think that really owning that power, and uh, we have to act in, in compassionate ways. 
and um, and that's in our own best interest. That really is. Well, yes, and but that's the paradox because um, because it's that it's that increasing power in women that is really um, more responsible for men feeling intimidated and having performance anxiety than anything having to do with aging or medical problems. I, yeah, it is very, very powerful. It's very, very powerful. And the interesting phenomenon is the cougar, the whole idea of the cougar, which really, I think, originated with this TV series and Samantha, mm. uh, where the, the, the woman is, uh, is more um, coming into touch with, you know, with her sexuality, her sensuality, and owning what she wants in bed and so forth and going for it. And um, and I think that, you know, that's also upset the power balance, you know, between men and women. Yes. Well, why don't we, um, why don't we talk about um, the movie? <laughs> and um, I know you have a quiz um, to see what kind of sex in the city girl are you. And for you guys, you can think about uh, the women you're with and what, what pattern they fit into. So why don't you go through that? Yeah, I have a quiz at mydatingpatterns.com, and um, basically you can go there and find out. Well, we don't you know, want whether... people to do that just now. I was thinking we could go through the quiz on the air. Oh, okay. Because if they go to that, they're not going to be able to continue to listen to us in some cases. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. But stay with us. <laughs> stay with us. <laughs> with the, uh, the first type of dating pattern um, is called the crumbs pattern, and um, this is a pattern that Carrie followed. Now, you think about it, you know, Carrie accepted all this wonderful and seductive treatment from Mr. Big, but what was always going on with Mr. Big? I mean, Mr. Big always was kind of out of reach. She was afraid of commitment, and at the time of the movie, and I won't go into the details of what happens in the movie in case, you know, some of the listeners haven't seen it, but... um, at the time of the movie, she's been on and off with Mr. Big for 10 years, 10 long years. And then, of course, she had her relationship well, that's, with... But just to clarify, that's starting... It, it, the movie takes place three years after the television series ends. So that's like looking back from the very beginning of when she met Mr. Big. Yeah. Um, Yes. It's been going back and forth. Okay, I just wanted to clarify that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in a crumbs relationship, that's not uncommon where you're involved with someone. He may be even married or he simply is, uh, let's say, a workaholic. Um, he's just not really, uh, you know, able to be completely there for you. In Carrie's case, of course, she also had a romance with the Russian guy, Alexander Petrovsky, and what was going on with him is that his work and his world came first, and she was second. In other words, she kind of fit in with whatever he was doing and that kind of thing. In, in the Crumbs Deadly Dating Patterns, basically, you know, you, you feel like you don't deserve a relationship in which you come first. And so you act that out. And even when you have a relationship where you you know with, where there's a, a really great guy who's choosing you, you may uh, if you're in the crumbs deadly dating pattern, you may actually mess that one up. Like uh, with Carrie, when she was with, of course, Aiden. I mean, Aiden really loved her, and what did she do? She wound up, uh, you know, cheating on him. 
Yes, and and then sort of going back and forth with him too, but um, he was just too available and not, uh, um, you know, ultimately she didn't really believe that she deserved him. She was still, she was still, well, she never really lost her um, obsession with Mr. Big. I mean, I guess we are going to have to kind of, um, uh, here's a warning (laughs) to those of you who haven't seen Sex and the City yet, the movie. Um, you should have gone because <laughs> because I think in order to be uh, to make any sense, we will need to sort of reveal what happens in the movie. But it's if if uh, well, you can either <laughs> you can either uh, click off and then come back to the archives after you've seen it, or you can listen to us and, and trust me. You're still gonna love the movie because uh, there's nothing like actually seeing it in person. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely, you're gonna love it. Um, so, so let's stay with Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's interesting also is to see where these women are in their life. Besides, you know, uh oh. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have to um, we'll have to wait for that. But to see where these women are in their career um, and in their life, in addition to in in their relationship with their man. So we'll talk a little about that too. We do need to take a break now. My guest is psychologist Dr. Diana Kirshner. We're talking about Sex in the City, the movie, and uh, the four common deadly dating patterns that uh, Dr. Diana has come up with. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Kerry Douglas Show, where the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Kerry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Kerry Douglas Show. Join Kerry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Kerry Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcasts each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith based entertainment, news, events, and trends. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, leading you in a guilty pleasure today, talking about sex in the city, putting that on the couch. With my guest, Dr. Diana Kirshner, she's a psychologist and the author of the upcoming book, Love in 90 Days. So we were in the process of analyzing um, the dating patterns, the deadly dating patterns of uh, the women on Sex in the City, and we were right. talking about Carrie. Right, right. And her deadly dating pattern is called crumbs, and that has to do with feeling like you don't deserve a relationship where you come absolutely first. Now, this was, um, of course, Carrie is the is the star. I mean, you know, she's kind of the most, um, well, it's funny. I guess we all find uh, the character, the intriguing, the most, who we identify with the most. I mean, they're all kind of interesting. I particularly like Carrie and Samantha, mm-hmm. but, um, but, uh, which <laughs> tells too much about me, so let's move on. Um, what, as I said, this is going to be a spoiler. You, were, you know, we're going to have to talk about what happens. And, of course, in the movie, Carrie winds up after 10 years, as you were saying, mm-hmm. uh, getting Mr. Big. Um, they've been dating on and off, but for the three year, ever since he, he found her, he realized that she was the one. He found her in Paris, which is so incredibly that show was incredibly romantic how he um after she finally realizes that alexander is not the one the russian he's um it's not the fantasy she thought it was going to be and she's sort of at her lowest point um walking the streets of paris and crying and who should appear but mr big mm-hmm. and uh after that apparently they've been from the movie it seems like they've been together for the past three years and uh, the movie opens with hi- with them finding an incredible uh, fantasy apartment in Manhattan, and he makes her. Um, the only problem was that it didn't have closets big enough, and he makes her an incredible closet to go with it. And and they're um, and they decide to get married in a kind of unromantic way, but sort of like let's get married. So take it from there. Well, it's very very interesting because. Uh, 
what happens is, you know, you're, you know, when you're dealing with the crumbs pattern, usually if the guy is not married to someone else, you're dealing with someone who is really afraid of uh, real commitment, of full commitment. And, of course, that tends to play out uh, in spades when the person approaches marriage. That was the fear just goes up dramatically when the time comes. And... Um, and we see this in the movie because what happens is, of course, that Mr. Big, at the last minute, box and he runs away. And, um, you know, so, so this is typical of the crumbs. What well, happens well, in the crumbs is that you, you, you think you're going to have it all, <coughs> and then it tends to be whisked away from you. Yes, and that was, boy, at the beginning of the movie, Carrie, <laughs> Carrie seems to have died and gone to heaven. Not only is she finally marrying Mr. Big, mm-hmm. but she's working at Vogue um, now, and um, her editor gives her the opportunity to do a photo spread um, where she is dressed in the most incredibly beautiful designer wedding dresses. Oh, just, just you know, go to the movie. If you haven't seen it, just to see that. <laughs> yes. And it's like every, you know, you couldn't even have dreamed up such incredible uh, uh, luscious fantasies. You know, um, each one different. And, yeah, and yeah. Makeup, you know, the makeup, her makeup was incredible. She's never <laughs> looked so good. Yeah, yeah. And, um and you know her so her whole world i mean the house the man the the photo spread and they they're making a big point in the magazine to say that you know you can be a bride over 40 mhm mhm and what's interesting is that mr big you see this sort of beginning to happen how mr big who's used to being the big one in the relationship uh the sought after one the one with the power is now sort of sort of unconsciously um, and then consciously, in a way, to some degree, uh, realizing, feeling uncomfortable because she's become the star. Mm-hmm. And you see him sitting out in the in the car, and um, you know, before he goes in, and he's he's uh, he he's never been so vulnerable. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. 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 And he wants her. He tries to reach her and to uh, ask her to walk in with him. That he wants to know that it's just the two of them. That it's not that she's gone. You know, become this um, powerful, unreachable star who's not really going to love him as much. Um, he wants her to to say something to reassure him that it's about the two of them and not about this incredible this wedding that has grown mm-hmm. gotten way out of control you know yes. fancier and fancier and fancier and bigger and bigger and bigger and and the interesting thing is i think he also wants her to help him get over his fear i mean he's really having a lot of fear right at that moment that fear of commitment and you know, and she doesn't get the message. That's the, the the tragedy in the movie. She doesn't get the message right at that moment. And that's when it all falls apart. Yes. And then, of course, because she's been hurt so many times by him, mm-hmm. when he changes his mind and tries to go back to go to the wedding after all, mm-hmm. she, they, when she sees him, she throws her, <laughs> she hits him over the head with her bouquet because in a way she's been anticipating that he wasn't going to go through with it. Exactly, exactly, 
Exactly. So this is like a, a, a huge, a huge example of the whole crumbs dynamic. That, that in a nutshell, that's a huge example because these crumbs guys often have a lot of charisma and they say the most loving, amazing, exquisite things, you know, to you. I mean, they can speak poetry to you and then they pull out and disappear on you and it's very, very difficult. Right. Very and, difficult. And, of course, though we're not going to reveal how, it does wind up, she does wind up having a happily ever after ending, which I think will probably encourage women <laughs> who um, have this dating pattern to, or, to think that they will get their prince after all. Well, you know, these, the thing about these dating patterns is that they can be transcended, you know, you can transcend them. And the first step to transcending a pattern is to realize you are following the pattern. Insight is the first step to change. That's why I wanted to create the, uh, the, the dating quiz because you want to be able to know what your, your pattern is. And, and I call them the deadly dating patterns because they can be deadly because they can kill off any chance you have of love. So... Um, you know, and, and, but you can transcend. You can transcend any of these uh, patterns. Mm-hmm. And um, later on, we'll, I'm sure, get to uh, Charlotte, who completely transcends her pattern. Well, okay. We can talk about Charlotte or Samantha or whoever you'd like to go to next. Well, let's go to Charlotte uh, okay. next. I mean, her uh, deadly dating pattern in, throughout the, the TV series was uh, a pattern I call not perfect, I'll pass. Not perfect, I'll pass. And that has to do with being very fussy and perfectionistic. And, um, you know, when she uh, met Harry Goldenblatt, who was really a guy with really good, you know, who was really good husband material, she almost passed on him because, you know, he was balding and he was unpolished and she didn't want to go to a beach party with him, you know, unless he had his back waxed. And... Um, you know, she has, you know, come, coming from a place where she's, she's, she's judgmental. She's, she's kind of judgmental and constricted about sexuality. So the not perfect I'll pass pattern has to do with all those dynamics, you know, where you're looking at a guy and you're saying, oh, that's not right, or this not, I don't like the way he eats, I don't like his manners, you know, et cetera, et cetera. He's not as handsome as I envisioned myself yeah, that's being That's a with. biggie. That's a biggie. He doesn't look like the prince. He doesn't look like the prince. And, um, you know, passing up love, real love that could really make you happy and real love that could give you, you know, the children that you are longing for, passing that up because of being judgmental and being nitpicky and looking at the more superficial things that are wrong with a guy. Um, And, you know, the deeper dynamic in this one is really a self-critical nature, you know, where it's really projected out, as you know, uh, Dr. Carroll. It's it's a matter of projection. You know, when you're very judgmental of someone else, it's just a reflection of you judging yourself as not good enough. Right. And um, so there's a self-critical nature here where you think anyone who would want to be in your club is not good enough. <laughs> right, right. And and you know in the move in the television series, um, Charlotte was married to this man who did right. fit more of you know the tall, dark, and handsome uh, vision of a prince, uh, a surgeon yeah. Yeah. who you know uh, she literally fell for when she met him. Right. Do you remember he yes. ran her over? Yes. Or, <laughs> um, and 
But then he turned out to be a mama's boy. He wasn't, uh, he was always working. He wasn't interested in sex. They didn't wind up having children. Um, the whole thing just turned out to be a bust. Exactly. And even though he looked on the surface, you know, what, how he physically looked and his job and all that kind of stuff seemed like he was the perfect prince and, and Harry Goldenblatt would seem, seemed like the least likely. And yet Charlotte, actually um, was the happiest of all four of them in the sense that, I mean, yes, Carrie ultimately got Mr. Big, got her prince, but, but it, it's a, it seemed like a very sort of tenuous, still seems like a tenuous relationship, which will no doubt be exploited in the follow in the sequel. But um, Charlotte seemed to be the one who, for the past three years, um, was really comfortable and happy. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, and that's the interesting thing. Charlotte really transcended her pattern. And we need to transcend this segment so that we can take a break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest today is Dr. Diana Kirshner. She is a psychologist and the author of the upcoming book, Love in 90 Days. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. 
www.drcarol.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch and your guilty pleasure trip. Today we're talking about Sex in the City. We're putting it on the couch, the movie, and, of course, reflecting back on the TV series. My guest is psychologist Dr. Diana Kirshner, and she's the author of an upcoming book called Love in 90 Days. Um, when we took a break, we were talking about um, uh, Charlotte and about how her relationship really turned out to be, um, even though it seemed <laughs> he seemed the most unlikely prince, she was actually the most uh, secure and comfortable and happy in it. And they had adopted a a little girl named Lily, um, and by the end of the movie, as often happens in real life, when people adopt and they there's the anxiety is taken away about conceiving, lo and behold, she got pregnant. So um, and ha- and did have a, a love other little girl named Rose. I thought that was cute, Lillian Rose. Um, and so you know that kind of uh, I think that will wake up a lot of women to their preconceptions of as to what kind of the only kind of husband that they could be happy with is a stud. Absolutely. You know, I, I always say to women, love almost always comes in a surprise package. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never what you think it's going to be. And to stay open, you really need to stay open. And um, it's very, very rare that you actually wind up with someone who you think, you know, is going to look a certain way or, you know, be in a certain occupation or whatever. It just doesn't happen that way. Yes. Now, of course, of course, you can put a certain type of man on your vision board. <laughs> but then, well, yeah. But yeah, then but you have to hope that the whole package comes with it, not just what he looks like. Yeah. Usually, you know, you want to... You want to Put the the deeper right the the deeper values on there in terms of him being crazy about you and willing to grow and having integrity and that right. kind of thing because you know we all know that the external beauty fades in both men and women so so why don't we call about uh, that why don't we why don't we call why don't we I'm looking at why don't we talk about the next um, of. Uh, woman of the foursome, the pattern that you call the chase me. Yes, now that would be Samantha. Samantha follows the chase me deadly dating pattern, and um, that has to do with, you know, really, you know, claiming all the time that you don't really want to have a relationship. She always said, you know, she really didn't want one. Um, And, you know, she had these lovers, and then she would just move on for no apparent reason. And she was very afraid of intimacy. You remember, you know, at one point Smith was holding her hand in public and um, she was embarrassed about it. She mm-hmm. was very, very embarrassed about it and uh, and also just very afraid of commitment. But the reason this deadly dating pattern is called Chase Me is because down deep what the person really wants, and you can see this in the character too, uh, they really want uh, to be claimed almost like against their own will. And Smith, of course, successfully did this with Samantha when she was ill and had the cancer and was going through chemo, and he claimed her, and he stayed with her. 
Yes, he showed her that that with one breast or two, Mm -hmm. um, he still really loved her, and that kind of made her feel reassured Mm-hmm. That he that he did love her and that he wasn't going to hurt her, but and, and you know Smith it, it is like the stud fantasy man, and, and this was I, I must say that this was the only part of well, I mean besides what we were talking about off the air about Jennifer Hudson not really adding much and being a distraction in the movie, but this story um, I I didn't really like the way this ended in the movie it just didn't. I mean, it, it turns out that, that even, well, Samantha says um, that the first three years were about her and the next two years were about him, and she liked the first three years better when, when they were about her. But um, so in the end, she, she's made him, she's gone out to uh, Los Angeles, looks like they live in Malibu, and um, he's, you know, become a famous movie star, and she's his manager, and they're both you know, doing well financially and successful, and, and, but he's spending a lot of time actually working in the, in the studios and on these movies and so on, and on covers and of magazines and, and everything. And although it was satisfying to some degree that she turned him into this, and he still loved her. He, you know, even though he's out in Hollywood and he could have all the starlets he wants, he really did still love her. And in the end, um, she decides, as you said, you know, for no, for no apparent reason, um, other than now it's more about him and she kind of felt like she lost herself. She's his manager. He's becoming successful. And, and she leaves. She decides to leave. That's very typical of the chase me pattern um, is that, you know, you suddenly leave, suddenly, you know, you don't really appreciate what you have, but things look better on the other side of the fence and you leave, but, um, you know, and I'm sure you've had this experience uh, in your, you know, doing therapy, um, I found that often these women who, who act that out, who do leave a relationship with someone who loves them, quite often end up years later very bitter and very alone and um, they've tried to get back with that guy who was who was so loving and meanwhile he's moved on mm-hmm. to and you know to a new woman and um, I'll tell you if you let that chase me pattern play out it really comes around and bites you in the rear end it really does um, you know, it's it's so much more important if you have a good guy uh, who cares about you uh, to hang in there and 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 grow grow together. You know, work out whatever it is that you're afraid of or whatever's making things boring or dead between you. Um, work on it. Yes, because she could have. Um, you know, if she felt that she had lost herself. And it was all, of course, being somebody's manager, a rising star, it is all about them. But certainly they could have afforded to um, hire someone else to be his manager. And she could have gone off and pursued whatever it was that she wanted to pursue instead of sort of getting bored um, with the same old, same old, you know, and, and all about him. But she also never was clear with him. That's, that's another dynamic in the chase. But you're not clear with the person about what you need. Yeah. In the movie, she's fantasizing and looking at the neighbor next door who's this very, very amazingly handsome guy. But not um, more handsome than Smith. 
Well, yeah, but it, it, not more handsome than Smith, but in a different way. He's handsome in a different way. But she's looking at this other guy, and she's obviously wanting to be uh, more sexual with Smith, and Smith is working a little bit too much, and he doesn't um, come through for her when she, you know, tries to signal him, but she doesn't come right out and say, yes. you know, I need more attention or this will not work. I really need you to be here for me. I need you to take fewer jobs. I need to have more sex, and um, you know, you know, let's work on things. She doesn't, she doesn't say these things in, in in a form of straight talk where you you help the person see what you need and at least give them a chance to yes. provide it. Yes. Um, it, what was interesting was they they sort of had reversed roles as as far as how you would imagine a man and a woman to be. Um, he seemed to have matured. Mm-hmm. And to have gone beyond, you know, the relationship being just about sex. Mm-hmm. And she seemed to still be focusing on that. Yeah, it's true. And, I mean, that that was a pretty funny, although in a pathetic kind of way, um, Valentine's Day comes and she decides to surprise him by lying naked on a long table with hand-rolled sushi all over her in, in judicious spots. And he winds up being late, and uh, he calls her, but but still, he winds up being late, and she's, <laughs> by then, she's given up, and the sushi, you know, she's tired of lying there waiting for him to come in with sushi all over her. And um, and, and that was, so I, I guess, the final straw where she felt like she had made herself vulnerable, but again, it, it was all about sex, and, um, and, and, felt that he rejected her by his being late. It's not like he was cheating or anything. It was just that uh, that he was working. I mean, that was the thing. It was clear he was still madly in love with her. And when she broke up with him, he was obviously really hurt and really cared about her. What will become of you? You know, she said, I don't know, something, you'll be fine and you'll find somebody else. And, and he says, well, what will become of you? Mm-hmm. Which and, is the real question. <laughs> yes, you kind of wonder because... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sex yeah. is great, but you know, mm. is is she is that what the rest of her, is that what she's going to be doing for the rest of her life? Having just one, I mean, is that all there is? Exactly. There's a real essential loneliness to just having a bunch of sexual relationships and not having a real heart connection. And um, you know, that's when you get you let your neurosis get the better of you. You know, which is what the chase me pattern can come to. I mean, you really pay. You really pay. And it's very telling, giving that character, Smith, those lines, what will become of you, that's very, very telling. Because it's just, you know, she's taking steps that are really going to hurt, hurt, hurt herself. She's going to hurt herself emotionally by leaving a loving guy. Yes, that, that was, that was the saddest. That was not a happy ending. <laughs> I mean, I guess they can't all be happy endings, but that was, that was, um, that was sort of, dis- I wanted something better for her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, maybe yeah. in the sequel. Yeah. Well, we're going to, next we need to talk about Miranda. Absolutely, yeah, Miranda. Now, that's very interesting. And I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> That'll have to be after the break. You'll have to stay tuned to hear about Miranda. And I hope you're kind of thinking as we talk about all these different deadly dating patterns, um, which ones you fit under. And it can be sort of a combination. So we'll be back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest today is Dr. Diana Kirshner. She's a psychologist, and she's the author of the upcoming book, 
Love in 90 Days. So stay tuned. We'll be back with Miranda and with putting Sex in the City on the couch. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, putting sex in the city on the couch with my guest, Dr. Diana Kirshner, a psychologist and author of Love in 90 Days, which will be in your bookstore soon. We're talking today about the characters on Sex and the City and the men who love them and uh, the television show and now the movie and um, trying to hold up a mirror to you, whether you're a woman or a man, and uh, seeing whether you, which dating, as she calls them, deadly dating patterns you fit into. So let's talk about Miranda. Yeah, Miranda, um, she follows what I call the safety net deadly dating pattern. And um, this is when, you know, you're kind of afraid of being alone and you're pessimistic about your odds of meeting a great guy. And so what you actually do is you date guys that you feel are beneath you. You know, they may not be as educated as you. They may not be as successful as you. They may be kind of nerdy or dorky or overweight um, but this, you know, these guys are, they represent like a safety net. And, um, 
you know, in, in Miranda's case, of course, she had Steve. And what happens uh, with this kind of situation is that you don't really feel that attracted to your safety net guy until he's, you know, kind of gone or he's with another woman. And that's exactly what happened to Miranda. Uh, they were not together, and then all of a sudden she saw Steve with this other woman, and she became interested once she saw that. Um, now, with the safety net uh, deadly dating pattern, the, the deeper dynamic is that you have this low self-esteem, and you feel like you just can't compete with other women for a really great and successful guy. Um, now, of course, she did uh, she did work on this pattern and transcended um, in terms of uh, what actually happens to to her relationship with Steve. Um, which is one way to go. I mean, you can, you can, one positive outcome you can have with this kind of pattern is to help your safety net grow into somebody that you can really love. And I think she does that with Steve. You mean by, how do you? Well, I think, you know, by, by choosing him and, and going along with his vision of moving, you know, and having a happy family life in, in Brooklyn and, you know, uh, growing into that dream. Well, I think when he, I guess she had encouraged him, when, when she first met him, he, he was just a bartender, right? And then he right. had this dream of, of wanting to have his own bar. Oh, right, exactly. That, that in the beginning was the, yeah, that was the biggie. And she sort of, uh, and then she had a little bit more respect for him when she saw that he did actually take the risk and, and follow his dream, mm-hmm. and, and he had been influenced by her to do that. She's a successful lawyer. Right. Yes, it, it was interesting how she would have these opportunities because of her work to meet successful guys, and she would have, you know, one-night stands or whatever, but they never really amounted to anything. Right, right, right. Um, well, you know, I think that a lot has to do with, you know, what you believe in or what you feel you deserve yes. at an unconscious level, you know, so that you're putting out signals to people where you, you know, they're, they're reading these signals from you where you're not, you're not connecting to these successful guys. Um, yes, it's almost like she's the Steve to these guys. Exactly, exactly. And she would roll and she would be awkward. You know how she mm-hmm. she would come across as awkward with mm-hmm. these guys and mm-hmm. you know, and that that comes from, you know, just this 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 feeling that, you know, you know, you you you, you you're not good enough kind of and so you you don't know quite how to act. Yes, and, and so when the movie opens, um she and Steve well, they had gotten married finally and uh well they had first they had a baby and then she was still sort of wrestling with whether or not she was going to marry him and eventually by the end of the TV series she does and so the movie opens where they're married and living in Brooklyn and um in in a supposedly fashionable <laughs> part of Brooklyn but I don't know she must be uh I don't think either his bar is not doing too well or her law practice isn't because I don't know I thought they could have uh, Afforded better than than that by now. Well, I tell you, with the way the housing prices are out here, <laughs> no. <laughs> even in Brooklyn, even in Brooklyn, it's so bad. <laughs> That's true. So, 
So as it opens, as the movie opens, um, she has just gotten, you know, and this happens to so many couples, whether it's the man or the woman, that um, one or the other or both get so absorbed in their work that they kind of let their relationship and particularly their sex um, uh, sex habits, their frequency of having sex and, and, um, and um, oh, uh, let that go, yeah. Yes, they just they just kind of stop paying attention to that and just get absorbed in work, and that's what she had done. And Steve was feeling, um, yeah, that was kind of an interesting opening um, scene where, where she's telling him, can't we get it over with? Can't, can't you make it fast or something? Right, right, and exactly, he, what not to do with your husband. Yes, right. <laughs> and he points out that they hadn't had sex in six months. And, um, and then, of course, Steve winds up having an affair because, and you can almost forgive him for it because, you know, he was kind of like a lost puppy feeling so rejected. And he told her the truth, and, and he tried to get her to forgive him, and, and she just wouldn't. And um, and then they go to a therapy, which <laughs> that was good, and uh, and have this plan to, after X number of sessions of therapy, um, to think about it for two weeks. And if they wanted to start again, to um, meet on the Brooklyn Bridge, which was because she had moved into Manhattan, to they separated, and she had moved, so this was halfway, and that was really sweet um, when they met each other again, and she was, they really were able to um, put that behind them and 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 realize how they both contributed to that happening, and and uh, and uh, then started having good sex again, and and she learned her lesson that. Not to just take them for granted. Yeah, I, I think that that was a wonderful outcome, and it really shows that you know a couple can grow. That even if there is an affair, a couple can grow beyond that, and and actually get closer. Yes, an affair doesn't have to mean the death of the marriage, and and oftentimes you don't want it to mean the death of a marriage because it's just going to be you know such a burden emotionally, financially, and for the children. So you can work through, and, and going to therapy is, is such a, a great thing to do if you're in a crisis. But she uh, did transcend her, her safety net deadly dating pattern. She wound up, you know, happy at the end. She wound up happy in love, having her husband and having her son and being successful too. Yes, and it's kind of like what you were talking about before, it's sort of another way in which she saw herself possibly losing him, that he wasn't just going to be this puppy um, yapping at her feet all the time, you know, that, that, yes, she could lose him if she takes him for granted. Exactly, exactly. And in healthy couples, you know, it's always considering the cost of loss. That's one thing that keeps them together is, is realistically thinking about what would happen if I lost this relationship. And um, you saw that whole dynamic there. And... Um, so it was very, very good. I think that that was very, very well done with her character. Yes, yes, that was it. it all I, I thought the whole thing was really um, uh, the story was well. I mean, we're not giving you all the details, of course, but but the stories are really interwoven with each other, really well and realistically. I mean, the only thing that was a little jarring, but. Was I don't know whose brilliant idea it was to put Jennifer Hudson in in this movie because it was just distracting. I mean, she wasn't in the television show, and they could have just picked someone who was an unknown to be Carrie's assistant, and and you know it wouldn't have been oh, there's Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that was the that was a distracting element, but 
But they certainly did a great job with uh, all the usual elements that we love. The the clothes were amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. The shoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my. Um. Before we uh, end, I do want you to give that website address. Oh, yes. I want everyone to go to www.mydatingpatterns.com. That's mydatingpatterns.com. And find out if you are more like Carrie, Samantha, Miranda, or uh, Charlotte, and you'll get your Sex and the City uh, dating analysis and type for free. And you guys, you can do it too. (laughs) Why don't you do that? Think about what kind of woman is in your life, what kind of pattern she fits. And then you will know how to um, win her love. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Um, My guest has been Dr. Diana Kirshner. She's a psychologist. Her book, Look for Her Book, which is coming out soon, it's called Love in 90 Days, and that will uh, help you further figuring out not only your patterns, but uh, how you can find your love in 90 days. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.